They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Hello and welcome to the show. If you're enjoying it and want an ad-free experience, consider signing up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash the101podcast get early access and exclusive content on there as well for less than the cost of a cup of coffee links to ways of supporting the show are in the description thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode welcome to the one-on-one podcast with your host juan ayala and then there's people who reach the next stepping stone and recognize, yes, but it's the government itself that you shouldn't have faith in. It doesn't matter how you put people in power because human nature will always be evident. And then you go into the next step of it where it's, well, okay, then you want to just influence culture itself because then people will behave circumstantially based on the resounding cultural fabric that they're standing on. You can go down this line, right? But I'll tell you with me, it's, I ask that same question. Why do these people care about my philosophical leanings even though i'm a painter and it comes down to the fact that in the the performance on stage not behind a curtain they want to control the cultural narrative so they want to control the artist because as you said art is you called it meditated but all art is a, is a transcendental mirror all art so if you're producing this works that move people those who are corrupt want to make sure those people are under their belt um, I, I mean, there's things that I can't say publicly. Welcome back to another episode of the Juan Juan Podcast. I'm your host as always, Juan. You can follow me on social media at the Juan Juan Podcast. Check me out at the website, the Juan Juan Podcast.com, patreon.com slash the Juan Juan Podcast, all that good stuff. You know where to find me. And today we are joined by Arthur Kwan Lee, a recognized artist. And we were just chatting about how podcasting the articulation of words and ideas in itself is a form of what i consider alchemy because we're transforming people's thoughts 
shifting paradigms, connect, helping them connect ideas real time as we're talking. So they're undergoing a not only a chemical transformation, but an alchemical one on a deeper level, because anything that happens in your body is a chemical reaction. And today we're going to be getting into a few different things, maybe the occult. And I, I dubbed this, I've already used this for a, another episode that I did, but I like sorcerers of the subconscious because what I was telling you about how I believe the elites, if there are actual lizard people or not, maybe it's metaphorical, who knows? They use art, they use movies, they use sigils, mandalas to take your consciousness and transport it to their own created world. So Arthur, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you, man. And I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better and dive deep into this crazy word art world dude and i want to pick your brain on ai art and all that good stuff and see where this conversation takes us what's up man thanks for having me brother it's uh it's great to hear you um you know any of these artistic expressions whether it's podcasting or painting or photography again yeah we're we're trying to influence people in the right direction so um good to talk to somebody who recognizes that Absolutely. And can you tell the listeners where they can find you, find your work and tell us a little bit about you? What got you started into art and where I don't know if you want to start with the cancellation right off the bat. Or maybe we can get into it later. But yeah, I'll give you a general synopsis here. Uh, first, you can find me on um, Instagram, Substack, Twitter, Gab, all these platforms, Arthur Conley. Um, but before you follow hear my story, which is very evident in telling about what the industry is today. And when I say the industry, I'm talking about the arts and entertainment, anything creative. So regardless of your predilection for whatever medium, whether whatever artistic expression that you are into, if you go into the actual mainstream channels of creativity, it's owned by the guys of the radical left, but it's really by just degenerate people. And, you know, I, I grew up in a home of classics. My mother is a classical composer. I'm talking like classical playing the cello and violin. And she got her dissertation in music theory. My father is a minister. He's a pastor. He has a church here in Oakton, Virginia. So as a child of both these two worldviews, I sort of was interested in exploring philosophical and religious and archetypal themes uh, visually. So I'm sort of like this visual fusion of them in many ways. So that's kind of sort of how I started my intentionality. Th that was my frame. I grew up in a house of classics and appreciating the arts. So I was never a good student when the government schools, government schools want to strip masculinity, they want to vilify you. So I never liked it, but I ended up going to a woke school, which is George Washington University entered the program to study art, wasted my time, got student debt, did the whole nine yards here. But during that time, I was uh, still developing, developing my voice as an artist in DC. And eventually I was invited to this residency program called the Eileen Kaminsky Family Foundation, your internationally recognized residency. And because I was one of the youngest artists ever invited, a lot of people started to keep their eyes on me. And that sort of was my step one foot into the door of the art world. And I just started to get exhibitions across 
New York City predominantly in the Lower East Side, a couple in Soho, you know, just that whole that whole uh, downtown area, the lower section, including Chelsea and all that. So I was working with a bunch of different galleries and, um, you know, exhibiting, getting solo shows, getting vetted as I go through as well. Going to Art Basel, Miami, showing work in Berlin, Tokyo, you name it. Uh, I went Artist of the Year in 2019, very recently. But then six months later, I was canceled and blacklisted by all of the all six of my art dealers at the time because I wasn't a part of their ideological plantation, essentially. And they're all radical leftists because the art industry is a pyramid. Uh, and at the top, you have you know basically money laundering and tax evasion from five galleries. And then the middle tier is sort of where all the vetting happens. And I was at the high end of that middle tier. And, and the lower end is basically where you're just, you're just figuring out the game. So I was, I didn't cross that line yet. I didn't see anything lascivious um, beyond typical New York City degenerate behavior, but I understood what the evil of the industry was. So I got uncomfortable. I walked away from a lot of money and I was canceled. So now I'm independent. I moved here to the DMV area and I'm rebuilding here, man. But I literally won Artist of the Year in New York City and was canceled six months later. Yikes. So I told somebody about your story a little bit and I said, yeah, I'm going to be interviewing or having this guy on and he got outed because he came out as a Trump supporter or something or having a different ideology than the rest and the person that they responded with, why is that even a thing? Why is coming out as a Trumper or something of that nature a thing? And I think they've weaponized... This is why I don't adhere to any political party. I think it's all psychological warfare at the mm -hmm. end of the day. I think it's just another mechanism that they use to divide... Because what's the oldest story in the book? The oldest tactic in the book is divide and conquer, right? If you can't have a people who can come together and have one, you know, agree on one thing. I mean, it, it's seen in everything. It's seen in religion. It's seen all throughout the, the world, the, 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 the blue, the red, all this stuff. And I think that's part of the ideology, even in the truther community, right? I, I don't like the woke and I don't like truth or I don't like any of that. I just, I think of it as alternative thought, right? Having alternative ideas, presenting a different viewpoint than the traditional viewpoint. Even within this community, there's division and they plant what I believe is psyop ideology, such as the whole flat earth movement or the Tartaria mm -hmm. movement, all these crazy conspiracies that that's fine. You can discuss them. You can talk about them. But some people marry those ideas and they become those ideas. Yeah. I do believe that one of the things that happens as a people's is the power of consciousness and the idea that we create our own realities as we go. And I mean, you as an artist, your paintings probably serve as mandalas for people, right, to meditate upon. And do you do any meditation when you're painting something, when you're undergoing this creative process what's your what's your process look like where does it start where does it end and the, when when do you finish with that manifestation of that idea at the end of it that you just finish it and you do that final signature and that's it where does it start 
Well, well, first thing is artists are going to have inspiration more on one of two channels. There's artists who are more attracted to formalism, which means color theory, mark making, just a general energy, which may not be fully articulated, right? And then there's artists that are more inspired by contextualism, which is the content, the message, the philosophy, the symbolism. Um, I'm a little bit more towards the contextualism. Now, obviously, I'm 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 visual artist, so I, I'm going into museums and getting inspiration, this, that, and the other. But if I'm inspired by an idea or something that moves me, that I feel like is resounding in culture, and I feel like it's relevant in culture, then I pick up my brush. I get very excited. And I, I try to think of how would I manifest this? How would I render this subject? So, so that's kind of how lightning strikes me. So that's kind of how I start. So <clears throat> I will say, um, you, you mentioned, when you mentioned to your friend about me, why does the ideology affect the arts today? Well, it's because, you know, we've, we've heard this, this notion that politics is answered from culture. And I agree with you, there's uh, stepping stones to self-actualization. There's people who at least are at the stage of recognizing today's climate, um, the toxicity of the radical left. And then there's people who reach the next stepping stone and recognize, yes, but it's the government itself that you shouldn't have faith in. It doesn't matter how you put people in power because human nature will always be evident. And then you go into the next step of it where it's, well, okay, then you want to just influence culture itself because then people will behave circumstantially based on the resounding cultural fabric that they're standing on. You can go down this line, right? But I'll tell you with me, it's, uh, um, I, I, got to, I asked that same question. Why do these people care about my, I guess, you know, philosophical leanings, even though I'm a painter? And it comes down to the fact that in the, the performance on stage, not behind a curtain, uh, they want to control the cultural narrative. So they want to control the artist. Because as you said, art is, as you, you know, you, you called it meditative, but all art is a, is a transcendental mirror. Mm -hmm. All art. So if you're producing this works that move people, you know, those who are corrupt want to make sure those people are under their thumb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, it's for them. It's just, there's people who want to weaponize everything. And I just didn't want to be a tool for anyone. Right. So um, of course, a personality, personality like that, that disagreeableness is going to be kicked out of the club. Um, scare you, bro. Does that scare you to be talking out about the industry? Cause I mean, you touched on something that a lot of people talk about it being, this center for money laundering and for tax evasion. I mean, that's, that's something that's exoteric that's known, but having somebody they don't even was... hide it actually at this point, no, We're not even hiding it. Um, I, I mean, there's things that I can't say publicly. Um, Cause you were initiated, that... bro. If you went to the school and they were watching you and they vetted you, that's an initiation. You even said it where they, you know, you were one of the youngest. That's, mm -hmm. that's a secret society. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. And that's how you're saying once you start, maybe you didn't get to be at the, 
I'm thinking about. I I I, I can share things, but vaguely, but um, there would be things I would want to say, like, like there's things that I would want to say, but I know I can't at my stage, and and I know that I would have to give people the prerequisite that I'm not suicidal or anything of that sort, just in, just for my own legacy. Yeah. There's things that I do want to, that I I would tell you privately if you were in front of me, but I will say I have been to parties that glorify transhumanism. I did go to a basement party in Art Basel where you have to drop off your phone in a cubby and they give you a number because they don't want any recording and there's different doors with different animal symbols on them. I've been to these stupid, uh, disgusting places, you know. Um, look, uh, C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity that understanding that when people have a greater intelligence or greater wealth, they don't become wiser. What happens is they have a capacity now to exercise that evil further because intelligence and wisdom are not on the same channel. Viktor Frankl writes about this in Master for Meaning as well. But the reality is that I've seen this happen in front of me. There's people who have so much wealth and they're also smart people and they're charismatic and they're well-spoken and often attractive and they're well-dressed. But they're evil. What is that? What is that? That means there's just a lack of general moral standards because they can get away with anything. Most people's morality is based on what they can get away with, not what's the right thing to do. And that's what you see when you go deeper into the art world because the art industry is a portal into transhumanism and to some of the darker themes, we'll call it, that people would regard as conspiratorial. But, you know, you'll you'll see it play out um, amongst uh, oh man, there, there's three locations I could just name in New York City where they link up like every week just to hang out, you know, who's who kind of thing. But, you know, those are sort of like stepping stones to go into more intimate circles, we'll call it, right? So I know, I look, if people will ask me, well, how, how do you know all this? Well, because honestly, if I'm going to be straight up, it's because there was a beta male social camouflage thing I was doing. Because I did not want to castigate my source of income. You know, so frankly speaking, yeah, you can call it cowardice in retrospect, but it's almost like uh, I'm beginning to understand why good men are not excavating deeper subject matter. Um, Not that that's right, but it's almost like if you work in an office here, his HR lady is over your shoulder all the time. And you want to get into other subject matter, right? You want to dive into whatever book or you want to speak up about whatever subject, but I'm not going to bother because it's going to go against an ideology of maybe my workforce. And then, and then, then I need to now look at my own kids and my wife I have to take care of and that, that my income can be stripped away. You know, it's one thing to be hated, in other words, but it's another to be hated and poor. <laughs> so, so I think that's kind of where I was when I was blending in. So the reason why... I got as far as I did. And I'll tell you right now, the art industry, and I'm including entertainment as well, because I know a lot of people who are, who are freedom loving and who, who, believe, who believe in truth and the good and beauty and are in these, these radical, saturated with um, dark energy, man. Like, I, I, I can tell you so many of these people, there, there's a lot of them, but they just don't speak up. The reason why I spoke up is just because 
I, I just, I just recognize that like, I, I know that they're going to, they will not let anyone have like mega success unless they're either compromised or they're part of their same ideological club. Like that's just basically what I started to see unfold. And I can only blend in so much until they might actually expect something like whether it's an action or whether it's displaying a type of commitment. And so I never crossed the line, but I can tell I was being walked and guided towards Groom. to the line, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, so that, that's just basically why I had to walk away. And, you know, it, um, I sort of burned the bridge by just going double downing with an easy target for them to dismiss me, actually, for my protection efforts, you know, going mega, mega, mega and all this. But, um, you know, I, I, but I did disagree with them vehemently about what, what, where they stood, you know. Um, and, and it's interesting how, look, and I will tell you, most of the galleries that I worked with, they weren't even bad people. It mm -hmm. was actually just two of them that, but they were the two bigger ones that I was associated with, you know, or I was having conversations with going out to sushi with all over and, you know, Manhattan car club and they're just taking me out and all this fan, all this fancy shit. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like, yeah. but, but, but I, I know it's like, um, you know, th these people don't recognize that the real gold is honor. They just, they don't understand that like real wealth is, is integrity, man. And I, I can see that they don't, they don't understand. They, they think that all they want is money and power. And, you know, we should all want money and power, but it's, what is the saying by Lao Tzu? When the wrong man uses the right means, the right means work in the wrong way. Well, believe me, these people have, um, they're the wrong men, you know. It's no, it's no secret, right? We've heard it time and time again that the left controls all the major corporations, all the major news outlets, the media, everything. And I believe it goes back to even the time of Plato, where how you mentioned earlier, the symbols are the language to the soul. So when they control what comes out because they understand the concept that it affects people on a much deeper level than just yeah. the exterior. And, and if you think about it, you're watching these movies. You're watching a fictional setting, a fictional plot that evokes real emotion that will bring forward real emotion. And I've heard it dubbed mm. mimetic occultism where they use propaganda symbols to speak to people on a deeper level. And once you're able to do that, you're able to manipulate the reality because if you notice children, they become these characters that they watch on TV, whether it be Peppa Pig, Transformers, Spider-Man, any other stuff, they become those characters in their own reality. And just that's the microcosm. Now, zoom out the macro. There's grown ass mm -hmm. people who literally the only news that they intake is what they see at night after working their nine to five, after hanging out with the family. They have no time to do any reading. They have no time. To, and whatever they see, whether that's Fox, CNN, CBS, whatever it is, 
they're going to become that they morph into that it's a transfer of energy and i've always said that they're doing alchemy mm -hmm. in real time any transference of energy any transmutation of energy is alchemy and i think that they're practicing what these ancients did back then that they called magic and they just morph it into oh that's just nlp or hypnotism or whatever you want to name it and the idea that there is still secret societies today just blows my mind and i get comments all the time oh what does it matter da 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 you know just let them worship their god that's fine you can worship cthulhu for all i care i don't i don't mind my oh, whole it thing matters. well here's the thing i i'm on the i was born and raised pentecostal christian so i i know how the church works and i respect people's ideologies beliefs as long as you don't hurt yourself and you don't hurt others and i'm cool with it Now, when you start to get this overstepping, when people want to push their ideologies onto you, which is what's happening now, it's either you're mm -hmm. with us or you're against us, bro. And if not, then guess what? You're canceled. Look at all these, these comedians that sometimes he, that's the stuff that they breed. Like look at Chappelle and how many times he's gotten canceled, but they also help breed that same ideology. So you can't, you got to, mm -hmm. what is it? You got to reap what you sow. If you push that ideology you better be ready to, you know, accept the kickback when you get yeah. canceled for saying something against whatever the agenda was, which you touched on. You said transhumanism, all these things. And, and the animals on the doors reminds me of that show, The Squid Games. They make these movies wow. huh. about the elite hunting or making the, the poor people play games. Hey, it's just a movie, but... From all of my research into the occult. So these are called different game rooms, just so you know. Really? Well. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I mean, I, I'm like, I don't think it's, I, I think, I don't think there's any adrenochrome drinker. I don't think it was anything like that. But um, it felt a little too public for it to be anything. Uh, I mean, these are heavily vaulted and secure things that we're talking about. So. I think, you know, there's so many different levels and layers to betting. You know what I'm saying? Because they're going to so feel you it, out, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's anything like just, I mean, there's definitely transhumanist themes, but there wasn't like, there's nothing blatant there. There's like Marina Abramovich wasn't there, we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> or Lady Gaga or Will yeah, Smith. Yeah, exactly. Or... It, it, it wasn't like, but but it was like, It was still like, as like you know, if you were just like a normie there, you'd still go, mm -hmm. "The hell is this?" You know, like like you, you you wouldn't. It's not. It's like it's not illegal, but boy, is it weird. And boy, all these people have a lot of money. Like, this is what you guys are doing, you know. But I, I'll tell you, man. Um, when you look at to have a greater understanding of what the tug of war in the arts are especially in regards to the culture war. You study art history, it is always a tug of war between collectivism, collectivism also implying propaganda, versus art oriented towards the soul, or religious art. It's always a fight between these two tensions. Iconography. And iconography, ideally. So, like, for example, I'm working on this biblical series 
Uh, are you Christian? I believe in, in God. I don't adhere to any denomination at this point in my life. But I do believe there is a God, whether okay, cool. he's Jesus Christ or who, or Vishnu, Buddha, Krishna, whoever. I don't know, because we won't ever really know until we pass on, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. Sure. Um, but uh, it is not a coincidence that the greatest masterpieces throughout all of art history were undergirded by religious subject matter, because that art by nature is pointing upwards. So the very nature of beauty is embedded in some religious sort of thinking, which is why when you study all the church fathers or you study all of the ancients at, as well, when they talk about beauty, this secular society that is, in my opinion, this is, we're a failing society. This failing society that we are in, the way that they define beauty, often when I do these podcasts or these lectures, they get it confused with hotness. Mm-hmm. Right, they think of so. If I say beauty, you think of identifying the opposite sex on Instagram model and yoga pants. Exactly, that's not beauty. Beauty should be synonymous with uh, the the word we use, which is called the sacred. Beauty should be synonymous. I'm talking in modern parallel, so we can be more applicable and practical. Beauty is the sacred. And all of our, or our fathers before us understood this. Mm-hmm. And we've lost this, which is why we're in such an irreverent society. When you look at the signs of a dying society, there are three things in this collapse. One is the collapse of all religious institutions or a softening of religious institutions, which is why all these churches are putting up rainbow flags and Black Lives Matter flags in front of their churches. Yeah. Secondly, it's sexual liberation or women being promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Which and then lastly, it's a, and lastly, there's three signs of a falling society. And then lastly, it's the desecration of beauty or destroying art or rewriting history. Which we're seeing now in the mainstream with, Which we're seeing now. with the, what was it, Van Gogh? Van Gogh flowers, Gustav Klimt's life and death. I mean, this is having ad nauseum. Uh, um, th- these are the three signs of a falling society. J.D. Unwin wrote in Sex and Culture how there's a force that human beings collectively have not pronouncing collectivism, but this force is called expansive energy. And a society should be chaste. And, and um, we should not be lascivious. So and we should also put things in, we should create reverence. And when we fall away from that, that's basically a sign of a society that's going to be uh, trajecting downwards. So you're saying a society needs to be chaste, you said? Is that what he, is that what he said? Chaste? Yeah, yeah we, we cannot be... Um, when women are sexually liberated, civilizations fall. I'm sh- I can hear the feminists now, right now, screaming in anguish <laughs> and the triggered because it's a social science. Be- yeah. <laughs> because that's why do you think, in your personal opinion, because we're talking about iconography, religious paintings, religious art. It's all connected, yeah. Why do you think they've taken out the sacred because you said sacred the feminine aspect is that a bad thing to have that in there why why do you think they've eliminated it since the because we see these ancient religions who worship the sacred feminine and now it's all about the masculine jesus christ or whatever person or deity that is at the forefront i might respond to this in a totally different direction because i believe that um the absence of masculinity is actually the problem in both 
religious and artistic institutions. Now, I do not say that as a negation of femininity. And it's very important to understand that. I'm not getting rid of the feminine, but it is the absence of benevolent, honorable masculinity. And the reason why I believe this is because what happens in its aftermath is an unconscious praise of pseudo-masculinity. In other words, because we don't have, we no longer have, like back then they had Greek and Roman statuesque figures of, of strong men that are, that are standing between you know, their loved ones and their culture in front of the Mongols. And today we don't have anything warrior-esque or king-like or honorable, willing to die for that honor. We don't have that sort of hardline masculinity anymore, which is why the most popular form of creative expression today is hip-hop. Because it's basically a pseudo-masculinity due to not having um, actual fathers at the home in the black community. So, and I enjoy hip-hop and rap, by the way, especially at the gym. But what I'm trying to say is that the phenomena of hip-hop as the most popular creative expression today comes from the fact that any semblance of masculinity in the public square is demonized as toxic, which is why same reason why video games are popular and which is the same reason why Donald Trump was a phenomenon. Anytime there is a unapologetic masculine figure that they take the culture by storm. Look at Andrew Tate. You know, look at that time. This, look at the rise of Alex Jones as well. It's always because the, the you know, the devil needs mas men to be weak and masculine, strong men, alpha males to be silent, to succeed. That's what it boils down to. So when you mention the feminine, I believe the feminine, actual genuine femininity needs to be worshipped, protected, and it is our job to willing to die on the sword for that, actually. But the problem is women today aren't even feminine. So I think all of it is topsy-turvy, in my opinion, at where we're at now. So um, I think men need to be masculine again. And I, and I don't mean red sports cars, uh, muscles, and... Um, uh, tribal tattoos. <laughs> That's not masculinity. That's an overcompensation. I mean, those are important indicators that you mm -hmm. should try to get strong. You know, you should have wealth. But actual mask. what is masculinity? Just to be clear, the psychological characteristic of what masculinity is. Masculinity is a characteristic that draws identifiable objective boundaries and standards. So there's a speaking truth to power notion to that. So you having a podcast, this is incredibly masculine because you're trying to speak truth. You know, it's, it's a job of men to do so. And I'm not saying women can't do so, but historically it was men who were willing to die for their words. Yeah. And that's why you have the whole, so I was think I, I was always thinking that, I mean, Joe Biden, is that not the embodiment of masculinity that literally the, the, the leader of the free world is this guy and, and what you're saying, right? Where, these characters, these phenomenons come out of nowhere. And I think that's by design, bro. I think it's by design. Cause I've always said, Hey, if they're so powerful, if they're all knowing, if they have all the, these resources, why put these certain people into power? But it's, it goes back again to that energetic shift of, they don't care how you feel for four years. They just want to stir the pot up and have this guy, right? For example, a Trump. And now you have him coming out that he's going to be running in 2024 they they put these people in power or in positions that are influential because it makes me think of like an Alex Stein. I don't know if you know who Alex Stein is, where he's going mm -hmm. around trolling yeah. people. 
and they just put him there to to stir the pot up to get a reaction. To, you know Do you think saying? they're all controlled opposition? All of them? Yes, I think that the huh. that the system. So it goes back to what David Ike says, and I bring this quote up a lot. There's one thing to know that you're in a prison by touching and feeling the bars, and there's another thing to to not know you're in a prison when there are no bars, but you're still in a prison. And what happens is that they give us the the and this is this is my personal opinion. They give us okay. the illusion of freedom of freedom of choice when it comes to voting or whatever it is. If it truly mattered, they wouldn't let us do it. Look at how many alternative parties there are. When has there ever been in the, you can count on your hand the times that an alternative party has won, right? It goes back to this duality because they understand the, the, the effects that duality has on the psyche. I mean, the Pythagoreans talked about it. The Pythagoreans, the, the ancients understood, and it goes back to these ancient principles that number, right? It's not a, just a quantitative thing. It's a qualitative thing. So I believe that they mess with us by intentionally making it a two parties. It's a two party system. There's just no way, no way around it. You got the, all these, it, it's all a show. Even well, Shakespeare said it, the, you know, you're talking about art. The world's a stage, yeah. dude. You know, brother, if I had to identify myself politically, I, I just uh, for the spirit of practicality, I'm, I don't vote, but I tell people I'm an anarchist because I just hate them both. Yeah. You know, I, I just hate the government. So, so I, I mean, look, I can relate with that. Um, but where is it going to go with this? I, 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 don't, I don't know if all of it is controlled only because I have at my instinctual gut level experienced microcosms of standing up for what's right and what I believe was correct. And I've experienced backlash that was mirroring at a larger scale with some of these larger figures I've dealt with. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can call that a part of the matrix. Sure. You know, I think that, so back to this idea of symbols, what do you think so by stripping away the i think that you said on an interview that you were at the one where it had the banana with the tape on it were you at that one am i yeah. correct on that yeah that was our 2019 um in miami and there was a banana duct taped to a wall which is just <laughs> insulting to our intelligence but it sold for a hundred fifty thousand dollars now what they what they were buying that's besides the point you can use your imagination what they were actually buying when they auctioned that off for 150,000 but the i believe it goes back to an inversion and i've talked about this before where i feel that as a society how you're saying we're failing right we're going backwards if you look at art back then sculptures that were so lifelike and so beautiful and then you look at art now People want to say it's edgy. Yeah, it's different. Right? It's good to stand out like a what's the one that's bold and daring as as they call it. What's the 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 Campbell soup guy? Forgot his name. Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol. Right? Some people all oh, that another traumatized homosexual. That, you know, that's that's next level. You can't you can't imitate that. I don't want to imitate that. I think yeah, that he was, a, he was a groomer straight up. hundred percent. 
hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, but this idea that we're going backwards in, in time with, or not, maybe not backwards in time, but, but going somewhere where art isn't even art anymore. It's just abstract garbage, in my opinion. Oh, no, you're, you're, you're 100% right. And, and brother, I can talk about this again. Why do you think that collectivism, is? Collectivism, collectivism versus the soul, right? This, okay. A lot of these things that you discuss here in a podcast, they also exist, not to be so platonic, but in the external world of forms. So these things also manifest by the shape they take. It's important to understand what I'm saying here because this collectivism versus the soul, what am I talking about? I'm talking about aesthetic relativism versus universal standards. People who have, have a relationship to God, people who want to utilize their artistry to stand up for a higher ideal or point upwards, as I say, or create art towards the logos to use um, more intellectual language here. Their work is going to be stronger de facto because there are pedagogical standards associated with it. You know, uh, beauty is sort of a red pill out of the matrix because it is intrinsic. It is in our stomach. And often when you get more intellectual, you become more pretentious, which is exactly how they want you to be in a modern art world. Can you say that again and slower? You, you, as you get more intellectual, what? A lot of these things that you learn, all these intellectual theories from these lefty professors in art school, they make you into worse artists. Art is for everyone, but there's a pretentiousness in the gallery scene today that is by design. So everyone knows Yuri Bezmenov talking about a person who is demoralized, the facts do not matter. Well, a person who is demoralized, aesthetics don't matter. Because if we're going to be honest, we can put up the Pieta, you know, by Michelangelo. And then we can put up the Levitated Mass, which was written by in Architectural Digest as our modern Pieta, which is literally just a stupid rock in Lachma. And... How does a person consider that to be art? It's because they don't believe they they don't even believe men and women are separate categories. So people are so demoralized today; it doesn't even matter. So we need to fix our morale. We need to create beautiful art, and we need to understand the actual numbers of reality. Like we need to get everything back in line, brother. But and, and it is a, my belief that we need to first men need to first get their balls back. <laughs> I, I do believe that, and I mean actual gonads, which is sticking what they believe is right. That is, that's real gonads right there. It's not bench pressing 315 pounds or whatever plateau it is. That's not it. It takes, it's way harder to understand that you're gonna be speaking against the dominant narrative. Your, your leather is a lot stronger doing something of that sort. <laughs> so so I, I just believe more men have to speak up. And of course, I'm not saying women can't speak up, but what I am saying is that men have the tools innate in us to do so you know because you know uh, uh women tend to naturally be more towards collectivism and i think it's because they're uh, the protecting uh nurturing um instinct inside of them so i'm not holding it against them i mean even when they do vote they vote their biological imperative you know they vote for a larger welfare state um but again it's like yeah i agree with you this is there's there's too many things that are occurring behind the scenes, but what we could do at least is recognize as a society and spread more this 
this push towards destroying abortion in the welfare state at least because at least human at least we know human nature and how we respond circumstantially and how that will at least fix uh social dynamics between the genders just those two right there you know alleviating that further down will will allow men and women to get along better automatically so i mean at least we know there's actually effective things that we should aim towards or have conversation towards because yes i agree that what's going on on stage is on stage and the things behind the curtain but we need to be able to have people recognize that by first having a convincing act, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's yeah. why that's why I talk about because what we're getting into is just much deeper into what I talk about super superficially. So I, I break down symbolism, right? The lizard people are trying to take control of us. Well, these are the results of the infiltration of their ideologies. Mm-hmm and the intentions behind that right so what you're talking about it literally wrecks culture it, it wrecks society to it get to where it gets to this point to where people don't even know how you're saying what is a woman well you know what a woman is but you're afraid to speak out against what it is and if i was to again identify from to a political party i would identify as right-leaning Right. As you have to today, I, I have to. Right. So yeah. that's where I stand. If I was if I had to choose, if, if somebody was like, oh, you need to choose. Well, that's that's where I stand. And people on the show know this. And, and when I when I the way I talk yeah, about you have things, to today, if you have any sanity. Yeah. But the thing is, dude, I, when I when I look at this, where we're headed, it's like it make to me, at least it makes no sense, bro. And and I mean, it's alarming because I have kids right that i'm raising in this clown world in this parody of a reality i like you so much more now i didn't know that (laughs) yeah awesome so i am a father and and that's the whole thing i mean i teach them me personally even though i don't participate actively in a religion i'm passing my traditions on and whenever they come of age if they want if they want to question it they will and i'm i'll be like yo listen to the one-on-one podcast or something and if they don't then I'm going to respect that too. You know what I mean? But I'm going to pass on. That's why I believe that, that religion serves as a, as a base. It's like almost like a manual on life. And if you follow that, you will be in that. And that's why I think that they try to destroy it because it does give people a base. If you look at the amount of people who, who don't even that are, that are growing up non-religious nowadays, there's a lot of people who don't believe in anything. They don't even know where they stand as a person, as in, in, their position in this universe. So how are you going to put the burden on them to be able to participate in society? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it goes 100%, much deeper. 100% brother. Absolutely. Again, death of God, sexual liberation. Desecration that's what, that's what yeah. Nietzsche was talking about. God is dead. He wasn't yep. celebrating it. No, no, no. It leads to nihilism and nihilism is yeah. a bad thing because it strips you of purpose. It strips you of how you're saying Facts don't matter at the end of the day. You're being nihilistic. It doesn't matter. We're all going we're all gonna die. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what he was that's what he was getting at, but people take it out of context. Yeah, he was lamenting. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's it's important to understand that uh energy cannot be destroyed. Energy cannot be destroyed, it only goes elsewhere. And you know, this is a very Jungian thing for me to mention, but what happens is that it's not a coincidence that 78% of atheists vote for a larger government because they end up transmutating that same spirit of reverence for 
fixing the world's problems instead of looking at God. Because even if we're going to be play, you know, look from a birth eye view, there's value of religion even at that. If you understand, if you are acknowledging human nature honestly and not being naive, okay, like acknowledging it just, just, just in regards to social dynamics and how people will react to certain institutions. People who don't believe in God, they tend to vote for, they, they tend to believe in larger government instead. And it's an, understand that these impulses, you cannot get rid of them. Uh, I'll give you another example as an artist. People often think they can negate an aesthetic impulse. It's something I've also always noticed. And when I speak of masculinity, sometimes people say, masculinity, you're a painter. The most girliest thing you can do is make art and paint and, <laughs> and sculpt and weld, whatever it is or whatever. And Every single one, I'm not kidding. So far, I've had a dozen of these instances. Every single time a man has told me this, they're like obsessed with a different definition of masculinity and they look like bodybuilders. In other words, they're possessed by an aesthetic ideal. They spend three hours every day at the gym pursuing virility rather than substance. And now they're just targeting me at it because they falsely bought a different identification of it. But this energy cannot be negated. It always goes somewhere. And the reason why religion is so important is because as a social institution, first and foremost, for those who are more atheistic, it's incredibly useful. It's so useful. And because it's so useful, it is very true. Already by that, it's so useful that it's true. And then you can get ontological and actually personal in the experience. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Side of it, but I'll leave that for people's independent journey. But if we're going to talk about larger social dynamics, it's so useful that it's true. You know, we need a religious structure because the, the deeper a person believes in God, the less they expect anything from the state. I mean, th there's enough patterns to understand this throughout history. And just keep in mind that the government is who crucified Christ. Because he was speaking you know? out against it. He was trying to he break people. He was speaking people. out against yeah. them, yeah. yeah. He's speaking against Rome, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they were yeah, afraid yeah, yeah. that he would break people out of that matrix. And, and those are the people that they target nowadays. The martyrs of today yeah. are people who who speak it out against. I mean, you see it on these leftist platforms such as YouTube, Twitter. Now, now Twitter doesn't know where it stands if it's leftist or well, who what is Elon Musk? <laughs> what is his Oh man. What is his and people are acting like Twitter is everything. It, like it holds up the fabric of our society and reality. It's like you do For know a lot that, of people's frame it does. But that's because you let yourself be sucked up into that yeah reality of hey i can only exist if i am on twitter i could give a damn about twitter and about what they're putting out but 
you have guys like this again and Elon Musk who they put in these positions to stir up the pot to 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 see what happens it's i be, i believe bro 100% that we're in this this big experiment a big experiment right now to see mm. how in the book of Enoch it talks about how the angels showed Enoch you know these the, these angels are the ones that construct this and the other ones and you have the divine alchemist there you know warping reality real time I believe that it's like a zoo, like a zoo, bro. To be honest, because I mean, it's it's too funny to be real. Like if you look at the leader, I got back to the president. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, it I, doesn't I should get make that. Sense, huh? <laughs> it doesn't. We're going. We're <laughs> going backwards. Yeah, I yeah. should get it as a, as a sound clip. I don't have that sound clip, but I should well, get well, it. Brother, I'll tell you. I mean, like, I I thought about that. Um... What was this a month ago? I can't remember. Remember that po- that that photo of Biden like this, and yeah. it was red in the back. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but think like, either they're trying to be blatant so that they can normalize it as fast as possible and to not hide, or it's like, uh, I mean, you can't make this shit up. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's it's just like, um, yeah, I can't make this shit up, man. Let's you know? pull up some of your your pieces here. Cause I, I'd, sure. I'd love, I'd love for you to break some down because yeah, yeah. they're really interesting and maybe talk about your inspiration for some of them. There you go. got the first one. You can find these on uh, Christ Panther Creator. Arthur Kwanlee.com. So you have this one called Christ Panto Creator. Can you talk a little bit about this one? Yes. Yeah, so the, this is a depiction of a very fierce Christ who has sort of that warrior spirit that is in Christianity that I want to be revitalized. I believe, uh, as I said, men have to get their balls back. Christianity has to get their balls back as well. So what you see here is around this bloody Lux Nova are these, all of these bodies, these souls of the damned going to hell. And Christ is looking at you here with this piercing gaze, a sword, and a Bible. And this depiction is trying to show a Christ uh, sort of antithetical to the way the Wokies have been painting Christ um, ever since Enlightenment, which is that sort of a liberal hippie, um, pot-smoking, Sheep holding, you know, <laughs> feminine. <laughs> I'm trying to add more adjectives, but if you actually look at the depiction of Christ throughout history, he was very masculine and very strong. And, you know, like you, you can tell he's a, he's a man who cannot be penetrated, you know? And, uh, I, you know, actually what I'm doing is just bringing that back. So you can just look up Christ Panticrate or Google images right now. And there's depictions of Christ and, you know, and he's, Obviously, I made him look a lot more uh, intimidating. But that Christ right there, even the light ones, he, they don't look like these this this, this hippie esque Christ that you see. You know, I mean, I mean, this is uh, he doesn't look like like a hippie almost. You know what I mean? This is the Jesus we need, bro. Right oh, Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna tell my kids yeah. this was Jesus. So. 
how well, you're you saying. Well, you know, I mean, Star Wars, Star Wars covers a lot of these themes. Yeah, the, the hero. It's all Joseph Campbell, yeah. The hero with a thousand faces, the, this journey mm-hmm. to yeah, yeah. enlightenment. I mean, we know how, how that ends, but yeah, absolutely. I, but that the, the reason why that's so popular, I believe, is because these are archetypes that it goes back again. These Im- this imagery that, yes. we're, that we're watching on the, on the big screen, the silver screen, is th- archetypes that yeah, resonate. Yeah. With with the primal, yeah, okay, it's 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 about the ideal. It's about the ideal man here that I want to depict, and the ideal man is the man who stands up for what's right. That's that's basically what I was trying to do with this depiction of Christ. And again, look, I've been I, I'm I was an atheist. I became a Christian, and I recognize that um, Christianity, actually in the Bible, Christ is. He's a very strong man, but then I've seen in media he's been depicted as such a weak person who lets you slap both sides, for example. But like even the whole turn your other cheek thing, it's people don't understand this. I talked to my father about this, he's a minister, right? He told me, you know, this is such a misunderstood moment of Christ. The actual point of the lesson wasn't if somebody hits you, let them get your other side to show that you're going to love them no, no matter what. That's not what it was about. The actual sentiment of this was let them strike you once and show the other cheek. And if they strike you there, that's the last line. That's really what it meant. And people don't even know these basic precepts properly because everything has been liberalized. So I'm trying to show that sort of spirit here. In other words, you know, if you tolerate everything you don't believe in anything and that was the spine of christianity for so long until these churches became contaminated with the religion of the left yeah and a lot of people dude you have to understand that some people can barely read let alone interpret things efficiently yes and correctly so i think by they 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 depend on others to interpret and digest things for them. And I think mm-hmm. that's why people enjoy podcasts and different content. Cause it, I, I mean, I get it all the time. Hey, thanks for interpreting that for me. So I don't have to put the legwork in. That's thanks, awesome, man. Thanks for reading that book and breaking it down for me. Cause I don't have the time or the energy or the know-how how to break that. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's yeah. a double bladed, that's a double edged sword because you can just how talk about star Wars with the force, you can use the force for good or you can use it That's for right. evil. So, and how you said, I think, you know, the subconscious bleeds into art or what was, it? I know the one that you said that art imitates or life imitates art. Well, life imitates art. Life imitates art. My right. ideologies start to bleed into my show. So people, unfortunately, are getting a biased point of view because, yes, I'm biased against certain things, but. It's the truth to myself. It's the truth to me. I don't, I don't adhere to anybody else's ideology. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm gonna do what's true to me, and that's why, that's why it's the Juan on Juan podcast, bro. Because Juan is gonna talk about what Juan likes to talk about and whatever he finds. You know what I'm saying? I can count on Juan to always be there. So that's you sound why. like a painter, brother. Because <laughs> <laughs> then when I'm in there, this is my domain. It's funny that you mentioned Sith. I just realized you kind of look like a Sith Christ. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> this guy here. Yours, which is he's, what we need a little bit, by the way. He's fierce, yeah. You know, 
We go, we got We need to be. We need a mean streak. Uh, but anyways, as you were. You have here what I mentioned to you earlier. I, as soon as I saw the red line, I thought of alchemy. And do do you? So you're in this world of art, right? Have you ever seen? Because mixing mixing colors and all these things again, it's alchemy. You're changing hues. You're changing palettes. Have you ever seen? Because I do believe, bro. Such as necrogeomancy, where they where they would sacrifice somebody in a building as an offering or something of that nature for the energy. Have you ever seen anybody mix their bodily fluids and paints to to use it as some sort of talisman, bro? Can you talk about that? Uh, 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 <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, there's artists who've done that all over. Um, I'd rather not. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> a lot of performance artists, especially, and by the way, performance artists is just uh, pure vanity um, that's trying to push either transhumanism, pedophilia, or uh, homosexuality. Just so you know, performance art is, is is not art. It's it's an extension. And what is the most radical? It's the most extension of the rad, most radical form of of the LGBTQ movement, um, in in the fine arts. That is, what's I'm performance art for those that. that that don't know? Is that when you paint so something in actively? The fine arts sphere. There's things like photo- fine art, photography, sculpture, ceramics, painting. There's all these different mediums that people can delve into. That's considered as fine art, meaning shown in galleries, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Exhibitions shown this sort. Performance art is basically like live, like not they're not acting. It's like, um, you know, um, they, they don't they don't even know, they're not even actors. They're lower than actors, of course. It, it's almost like like Marina Abramovich is a great example again. I met this one Russian girl actually when I was in New York, performance artist, and she used her own menstrual blood. She was not a friend. She was not a peer. But she was in a gallery, you know. This, yeah, that's Marina. There you go, right there. She does a lot of performance art, looking like a fucking demonic witch, right? It there. makes oh me gosh. think of this guy. I forgot his name. She ought to be ashamed of herself. But there's this guy who, again, these are the darker aspects of the occult. But he had sexual intercourse with a corpse, and yep. recorded it. Performance and, art, and called it performance art. But it's just. I'm telling you. I'm telling you that performance art is just uh, normalizing decadence. That's all it is. It's yeah, about Marina is just she. This is a very evil woman, guys. This is a very evil person. It's about being edgy, bro. Don't you understand art, dude? <laughs> I can hear these yeah. people talking like, "Wow!" And, and listen, this woman gets world tour exhibitions. She gets unbelievable funding. Because it's, it's not about it's art, wild. bro. It's about the 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 right T- talking about the transhumanistic agenda. Well, you have the AI art nowadays. But just remember, but just remember, they're calling it art though, because um, once people classify something as art, they are categorizing it in their brains. This is what the word does. They're categorizing it into their frame as something to be revered, a north star. Mm. This is what art does. Mm-hmm. So, the reason why they have a stranglehold in the arts is because they want to have a stranglehold on our own vision, right? 
Can you talk about this piece, uh, bodily fluids aside now? Because I just thought I'd br- bring that up because... It's just a red, brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this title, this painting is titled Kingdom Come. And uh, it was acquired by the Cigar Club, Private Cigar Club in Alexandria. And there's the lion in the front, of course, surrounded by cigar leaves. And there's a raising of the flag from the Battle of Iwo Jima in the back because many of the attendees are... Uh, veterans, um, and uh, you know, it's basically—I love the lion symbolism because everyone thinks of strength and honor and all this. But the lion actually also represents something more nuanced when you study Christian symbolism, and it represents benevolent fatherhood. So it's that's even more specific, and I really appreciate that. But I discovered that as I was painting this. So basically you have um, this interesting like distillation of different strength symbols that are very masculine, you know, I guess, I guess three tiered, the cigars, the, the, the warrior hood and Mm. the lion. Yeah. 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 I I can see that with the, and, and, there is, I think, who was it, Jordan Peterson, and I didn't listen to the, to the episode or the interview he did, but he was talking about, I believe they were talking like beta males in movies nowadays in Hollywood, Holly Weird, as I like to call it, where mm-hmm. they put these, they blow these guys up who aren't your typical The Rock, right, Dwayne, right? They're more fragile and skinny and what somebody would consider a beta male. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, not trying to demean anybody, but a beta male. And they put him in these big movies and they give him all this publicity. But at the end of the day, it's like nobody is looking at that to be the pinnacle of what it is to... When I when I think of being a man, I, per, I personally don't think of being strong and and buff and tattooed and stuff. I think of a man who takes care of his family. That's just me because once you have a family, you you go through an alchemical change within yourself and your values. But it doesn't hurt to be a jack dad. I will add that, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that too. But, I mean, I... Like, if you ever want to work out, brother, just, you know, if we're ever in the same area, we're going to work out together, my man. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Because it is important to have strength, though, right? Because strength is strength. So. Mm-hmm. And it's the example that you're going to set because your kids, how I mentioned earlier, they create their own realities. They're going to emulate what they see. I mean, I growing up with small kids, they emulate literally everything that they see. So what a better way you have to put, you have to show that example of, Hey, you know, dad takes care of the family. Dad takes care of mom, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to be, and I think that nowadays, maybe it's not like that. And I have nothing against women working or anything. And I grew up, dude, I, I was raised by my, my grandparents. So it was super old school, right? The, the mother stays yeah. home and the, the father goes out and works. And even my parents, my woman will have no choice but to work today. Yeah. But yeah, but, but I think it's by design too, bro. Because if you think about it, unless you have a certain type of job that you earn enough income, they do it. It's by design. That's what I'm saying. I believe it's a social experiment because what a better way with inflation, with rising housing costs like dude my house it's literally 
over $150,000 more expensive than when I first bought it. This is what I'm talking about. You, you know, people don't realize that only 8% of women for our generation will be able to actually be stay-at-home wise fully. Which 8%. affects the way that children are raised because literally you have 100%. somebody else. Like I know somebody, bro, who from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., their kid is in daycare Monday through Friday. And it's like, when when do you have time to spend with your family? Terrible. You And then you have the system, right? And not the system by the, the, the welfare. No, I'm talking about the system that they've, the Rockefeller educational system raising your kids and some, because eventually they go to school and they start to pick up what's at school and they start to be raised by these ideologies that we're calling crazy. And it's, it's an endless cycle. So, and, and it's all by design because raise the prices of everything. So both parents have to work. They have no other choice. And put the kids yeah, in dick. This, 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 is, this is why going forward, it sounds harsh, but there's a couple things we have to maybe get the spirit of a martyr. Go on the roofs. We need to shout and decree the death of feminism. We need to decree the the death of I, I'm sorry and, and venerate the the institution of the church like there's things that we they're just clear okay, I, I mean I'll tell you right now as we've been talking you probably recognize right now that I believe human beings are incredibly circumstantial I, I, I really do think so it's like this is why when you talk about these alchemical changes yeah because different things are engaging their reality tunnels and it's changing and shifting their paradigms. 100%. But we can at least create a groundwork so that better things, better energies can come into their life and their existence. Mm-hmm. At least we can try that, right? Um, but I'll tell you right now, we're, we are all in here in the West living under this giant shadow of feminism right now. I'll tell you right now, that is one of the most important tools of the, of the elite today. That is, that is like, the, that's like one of their main arrows in their quiver can you talk about this piece because this is this is you have some interesting characters in this one so this type of painting is called parabellum parabellum just so you all know uh it, it means if you want it's interesting it's an italian word it literally means a sentence the definition being that if you want peace you must be ready for war so we have this dynamic and juxtaposed composition of religious figures across the board, very pagan often, uh, just clashing against one another, and very ferocious animals across the composition as well. And, and you know, they're all kind of like at odds against one another, but they're also all kind of shown up, right? So it's it's, it's creating this. Um, and, oh, and, and while I'm doing all that, there's all these art historical figures embedded throughout the painting as well. So th- this is, it's, it's a super flex here. <laughs> a super flex, you got the House of Dragons here, right? <laughs> you got oh, the yeah. Dragon. oh, yeah. And a dragon there. What is this? Is it like a <laughs> goblin or something? That's Ganesha from Hinduism. Mm. I, I didn't realize how pagan I was even so recently. When I started painting my biblical series, you know, um, we're talking about like six to eight months ago. 
I recognize. I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is me trying to play nice. I gotta just be more blatant. So it's been really um, revealing. So this was pre Christianity 2020. Um, no, I was a Christian, but I was still utilizing these themes. Mm. You know, I didn't realize that. I thought I had to keep being otherworldly without realizing Secular. that you can just literally, you can literally read the essays of the church fathers. And they're like, they're like as deep as young. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's tremendous. You know, it's like, there's literally essays they have that are like the red book. And mm. you realize, ah, there's men who, who've been there before us. They know? were in the trenches, and bro. They were in the trenches. Yeah. A hundred percent. Humbling, man. Humbling. Yeah. That's why, Again, it, it's much deeper than what people understand. So do you feel that you were play, playing this to talk to, to with the hip crowd, right? Because nowadays it's like, hey, I don't like it. Worked. It worked? <laughs> it worked for sure. That- I, I had six very hot galleries, as I told you, man. Like, like I was, again, like I, I'm not even making what I used to make now that I'm independent. But that's okay because I'm building up and I'm doing it righteously. But I had, I, I, people don't realize, like, for the sake of, for the sake of honor, I walked away from a lot of money. Like, I, I really mean that. Like, I, and I can tell you, I can actually name the galleries for you off camera. <laughs> a man is only as this good as his cool. word, is what my father's always taught me. So, it doesn't, to that. doesn't matter how much wealth you accumulate and how much you have. If your word is garbage, then you're as good as that. So yeah, you that, are garbage, and yeah, that's why. You're right about that. That's why I try to be as true as I can. I mean, I'm the like I tell people all the time. I'm the same guy on the podcast than I am in the real world. I don't change. You know what I'm saying? And I and I stick by what I sure. say. And I also reserve the right to change my mind whenever I feel like, whenever I whenever I deem necessary, or however yeah. I deem necessary. And when I'm up here, I'm talking about interesting things to exercise the mind you know what i'm saying like exercise and and which is something that people do like if you look at the the library of alexandria those are the og podcasters they were going there and having philosophical thoughts ted talks they were you know they're the greatest minds were there and they were because a lot of people ask you nowadays when we're when we're talking about all these sort of things like what does it matter at the end of the day what is, what is it what does it matter you know, we're not going to change any of it's going to continue to be. Well, I think it does matter. And I think by even talking about it, you're, you're how you're saying energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be transformed. So by it can only be transformed. Yeah. By putting it out there and helping the transmutation or transformation of it, we create our own realities a hundred percent, dude. And I think that's, that's what they don't want us to know. That's what they, what they occult and in these secret societies and these clubs. I mean, I mean, I mean that that's it, brother. I mean, they 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 don't want us to know that universal truth. I mean, look, like as a painter, it's inescapable. Like I'm literally getting tubes of paint pigment and creating what you see in front of you. So I'm literally transforming the energy, like it's actual pigment out of a tube and making it into a face, into a bird, into a horse, into a warrior, into a sword, you know, into fire. So, how long does something like this me, take you, bro? Brother, this painting took me five months. Five months. So when people realize what I charge, there's a reason behind it. Because other, like I'm an actual 
like this i'll i'll tell you a story it's it's a little bit uh it's a little mean but it's true i was having dinner with a peer of mine when i used to live in new york city she makes these stupid doodly animal drawings but she gets shows because she works with super woke galleries and you know she she flexes her identity i'm a black female showing my art blah 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 okay fine whatever use your identity politics do what you got to do but she respects me a lot. So she's like, I'd like to get you dinner. Sure, why not? We're sitting down. She goes, you know, Arthur, um, what do you think of my art? Like, honestly, you know, it's like, I really admire your art. You know, um, it's, it's very tremendous and powerful work you're making here. And, you know, at this point, I've had a couple glasses of wine. And <laughs> I tell her, listen, um, um, uh, can I be honest with you? Okay. She goes, yeah, of course, of course, of course. I go, all right, I can make a bet with you. Okay. I can master what you do in a day. And I can give you 10 years to do what I do. And you wouldn't take that bet. Would you take that bet? And she was kind of, a, uh, not kind of, she was kind of quiet and like, what the fuck? You well, the reality is there's levels to this. And I know tech at a technical level, this is something I pride in my own hands, man. Skill, not clout, not social media following, technique out of my actual physical hands, like, like a plumber's skill or a carpenter. I know that I can do what a lot of people can't do. And I pride in that. So I don't care how long it takes me. I'm going to do this because it is a matter of pride. And to mention Aristotle again, you know, this notion that there's, two types of fulfillment you can get or pleasure. And one is physical pleasure, the pleasure of the body, good food, sexual intercourse, you know, be hedonistic to a degree, you know, control it in moderation. But the greatest pleasure is the assertion and mastery of a skill. When you leave a, a, a jujitsu class and your feet are dragging because you know you did some damage and you learned and you applied your skill, that is a high, unlike, uh, or it's like if I'm painting and then I, I'm articulating all this magic together and it's just like, oh man, I'm in a flow state and this compositional awareness is just clicking because all the training behind it, brother, it's, it's like there, I, I remember when I used to do these show, solo shows and these groupies would approach me and if I'm in my art flow, I will tell them to go to the door. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. And they're, they're, they're and honestly, this has kind of been a cheat code for me, man. I think I was, I, I, I thank God. I thank the Lord for this brother. I thank, I thank, I thank Christ for this genuinely. Like I actually have something that I get more pleasure than sexual intercourse, which has been a cheat code. And it's also kept me out of a lot of trouble. You know what I'm saying? It, it's kind of, a, I've always felt like this is a cheat code because, because things will come up and I'll be like, at the end of the day, I have my brushes. And I can do something that I genuinely enjoy. You know, if, if, if nobody was seeing my work, I would love to do what I do. But I make a living off this. So, so I mean, there, that's a very low percentage of people that can do this. I don't care about the X amount of I – don't, I don't care how much they're making, what, how I'm making my money. I, I feel like uh, – I feel very blessed, brother. You know what I'm saying? But I, I always encourage men, find something you love to do. Find something you like to do creatively. Tap into that for yourself. 
you know, it's, it's just, it's so important, you know, I, I love encouraging and hopefully inspiring men to do that actually in their journey. And learning up to stand for what you believe in, right? Stand up and yeah, man. and stick by it. And you can and you can do it with your art too. Regardless, all this art is masculine and religious in nature for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's why, again, I don't I don't stray away from controversy. And I've had some guests on that are considered controversial mm. with certain labels attributed to them. Again, I, I don't. Not any type of hate. I, don't, I won't stand for hate speech or the harming of children or anything like that. But because you're being attacked, because your ideas affect the the system or they perceive it as a threat, I don't mind having those type of people on. You know what I'm saying? And having mm-hmm. a regular conversation because... That it, it's all by design, dude. And I think that once how you're saying they put these people in a reality tunnel, that's they've won. They've yeah, they've manipulated that person's reality. And I, I got that term from Robert Anton Wilson. By yeah, the way, yeah, no. yeah, I know yeah, exactly what you're great. talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the whole chapel perilous and, and all these things. <laughs> yeah, I, I love all his work. And I think that it goes once you're able to do that to one generation, it's like the, the flea experiment where you close them in a jar. They're only going to jump that height and they're going to train their yeah. offspring to jump that height. So by training, the, by getting them young, which is what they're doing nowadays with all this garbage that they put in the cartoons and, and wokeness and in school and all these things. That's why I put my kids in, in a, it's called a Montessori or something. It's Christian, right? And they yeah, teach yeah, them yeah. about certain things. Beautiful brother. Oh, man. So you're doing it right, man. You got to either homeschool or do that, actually. Montessori or homeschooling. But the that, thing- that, that's, been, that, that's been the conversations with uh, a lot of my, I guess we'll call based network because we're across the board. But <laughs> there has to be a blanket term for all this. But um, this has been kind of the thing. It's like either put him in a Christian school because Christian education is basically like the most attacked education by the government system today, mm-hmm. your main competitor, or um, homeschool, you know? Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people can't do nowadays. I understand. I understand. And here we have, can you talk a little bit? I really like this one because it reminds me of... The... Yeah, this, this is uh, St. Michael the Archangel. Um, I don't know if people know this. I just, I, often, um, this is very Alex Gray-esque, I understand. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if people know this, but biblically accurate angels what angels actually look like have you seen this brother yeah i'm gonna google it now oh my gosh biblically accurate angels by how they are described by the bible you know tell me if it's not the most terrifying thing if you actually saw this and they are as large as you know giant skyscrapers let's pull this up and you'll see why i embedded the background with these eyes So you have Ezekiel's vision where it's these wheels with a bunch of eyes and then you have these terrifying, it's like wings with eyes. Click the white one over there. The, the white one with the um, bottom. Like, yeah, that, uh, um, nope. Lower level. It, it, it's one. like, a, yes, yes. Look at that. That's pretty accurate to what they would have looked like. Yeah, yeah. 
So people don't know this, but in Christian history, the I, people know about the cross, you know what I'm saying, of course, but the I is actually an important symbolism in Christian, um, actually old Christian scrolls in particular. There's a gentleman that I met who collects these uh, Christian artifacts. Wait, and can, I actually, can you see it again that the I play, so like the, the eye of providence, right? Is that what you're talking about? So it's interesting. Gentleman in my father's congregation, he collects, I don't know how much money this guy has, <laughs> but he collects old Christian artifacts. So I go to his house and he says, here, hold the scroll. I'm like, okay. And he's like, this is one of the oldest scrolls that we have, like till date. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, there's only, there's like less than 800 of these. It's like, but you know, I'm like, okay. I open it. And first of all, it's so thick. Like they, they use... They, they, they pasted, like, these are meant to last, by the way. Okay, so rather than the Bible, people used to carry scrolls. Mm -hmm. And this person was selected, right? Uh, but anyways, it's funny. The further you go back, the more you see pictures in conjunction to the written word. To the written word. And one thing I kept seeing was these, like, little eyes. There's a lot of eyes drawn, too. Eyes crossed. There's, like, a certain set of symbols. But the eye was something very prevalent. And I remember um, then looking into the eye further, and then obviously I came across the biblically accurate angels, right? And then I asked my father, this is a story, it's pretty funny, Juan. I go, I asked my dad, I'm like, you know, what's with, um, what's with these, you know, why are they so terrifying? Like, you know, they're saying, be not afraid, but they're probably the most terrifying thing ever, <laughs> right? And then my dad looks at me in the eyes. He says, "Yeah, exactly. Remember, they're on your side." I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> that makes more sense. They're they're <laughs> the like, good they, guys. Yeah, they're on your side. <laughs> they got your back. Is the point? I'm like, oh, okay. That that that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's uh that's some epic stuff. So so when I was painting Saint Michael, I was like, well, um, we might need to add a little bit of biblical realism in here something scary <laughs> yeah real and who is he slaying here is this a demon of some sorts he's, he's slaying a dragon they, you know they say saint george slays a dragon but i wanted to have him slay a, a dragon because i was listening to this peterson talk about slaying the dragon as i was painting this so mm -hmm. symbolic Instead of slaying a, yeah yeah it, it was while i was listening to it right there I, I was like i'm gonna do a dragon because of this moment serendipity right have you experienced any, because you do a lot of art and obviously with, with eyes, literally eyes on it and people looking at it, have you experienced any sort of, not, but like a chargedness, synchronicity? Because how you're saying, as you're listening to this and painting, like I've, I've been listening to lectures before. And since I, I do, I do consider podcasting art and I also do, I put out actual art that I commission different mm -hmm. artists for shirts and stuff and i feel that i'm synchronistically charged after putting these things out because people are listening to the show they're contributing their energy there's an exchange of energy when i'm when we're up here talking and people are consuming this content mm. i'll be listening to like a lecture with i don't know uh, manly p hall or something and he'll be i'll be out in the in the in the yard pulling weeds and as i'm pulling weeds he's like you know you have to pull the weeds out from your life to and take out the people who don't belong there and i'm literally like pulling weeds out as he's saying it and i have like these weird little 
synchronicities as time goes on because i think of art art to me is a sort of magic. i'll say while i'm painting brother 100 percent in the studio i do i will say outside the studio it's like you know like i wish i can just just reality tunnel i wish i can just paint forever <laughs> <laughs> but like today i told you i was with the plumber all day right so it's like outside i need to, i have to like kind of it's like bipolar <laughs> i gotta like switch sides right switch 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 buttons here gears so in the studio i go into a it's a very different headspace right in the studio i need to be very receptive and you know no one's allowed when i'm painting by the way no one's allowed inside you know my dog is always scratching the door and i'm like sorry because th this is a sacred space for me so um, I need to have that perspective in my workplace because then you're susceptible to getting more information that is uh, revered, you know, that, that, that speaks to you uh, from the ethos. Um, Leonardo da Vinci writes about this, actually. Da Vinci is very inspirational for artists, not so much because of his actual art, all those art is amazing, but understand he only had 16 completed works. Not Everything Dan Brown's Vinci, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but um, um, his, 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 his writings in his diary are, are, are so good, brother. I mean, he writes about how if you're a young artist or if you're just getting into the creative flow of things, an important lesson on being inspired is to learning how to be in a state of curiosity more regularly and inspiration will hit you more often, including these synchronistic um, uh, um, moments, we'll call it, right? So it's like, I gotta have the right framework when I approach my canvas inside my studio. I'm very open-minded in there. Um, I'm very, my mind is, quiet and if i'm listening to music it can't be something that will lead me in a different direction than than my focal point so uh, again circumstantial I, I need to make sure that the energy is set right so that the patterns can come to me so so that's kind of how i paint uh, I, that was very vague i'm sorry <laughs> no no <laughs> you're realized. you're good because it, it just yeah. shows how different everybody is when they're when they're craft right yeah, yeah. I recently sure. went on those conspiracy guys with Gordo and we're used to seeing the the finished product. We're used to seeing the edited product, the video, the episode, but what happens how you're saying behind the curtain? Well, the way I saw him go about his process being a guest on his show and being behind the curtain before the exoteric that you know was put out it inspired me, bro. Cause I'm like, this is a professional podcaster. This is a guy who does this for a living. And the way he goes about everything, it's, it's a lot different than how I, <laughs> how I go about my process, but to each their own. Right. And I think you find your own niche. Well, well I actually, actually, let me ask, I'm sorry to interrupt you, by the way, but you, you just got me thinking about an important component as well. There's going to be that flow state where things are organic, but I will say, Everyone can only succeed if you also have the mechanical side where you go in and do the repetition and go through the motions and it's work and it's push. I will say 
But for me, that's already a given. Like I'm very disciplined. Um, I, I'm, I'm an avid martial artist and I train regularly. So like I'm already a disciplined person. So I'm not including that. But I will say you need to have that foundational tool belt mm-hmm. set up so that you can go forward. I will say that. Like it's almost like being able to be open-minded in a free flow state is conditional to you having a strong foundation of discipline in the first place. So that that's probably a better way to articulate it. But I'm talking more about about you know being open and flow and creative and a romantic. But you better first have your discipline on straight because otherwise you're just going to become an abstract painter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's where where I probably stand. I mean, I wish I could draw half the things I imagine, but I just I don't have it. And I think that's, it's really amazing that you can make these things with how you're saying your hands, you take literally a blank canvas and a, a bunch of abstract tubes of paint and you put it together. And the way that the perspective is and all these things, it's really amazing. The shading and the light source. Thank it, you, brother. It's, it's incredible dude. And I, and I, it, it takes a certain eye absolutely to be able to accomplish something like that. And it's like how people ask me all the time, like, Hey, how can I, wh- where can I learn about the occult or whatever subject? And I can give you all the books I read. I can give you all the sources. Right. But are you going to put it together? How, how are you going to synthesize it? How I have probably not exactly because that's it. You know what it is right here. <laughs> you just said a universality when it comes to the production of art. Yep. Whether it's podcasting or painting, you need to learn the rules or break the rules. Mm-hmm. You need to fir- you've read this content. So now you can pontificate about it with your life experience and your interpretation. Mm-hmm. Which is different right? for everybody. You have to learn the rules to break the rules. Mm-hmm. I learned how to traditionally render figures and create shadows and contrast. I learned color theory. I learned diversity of mark making. I learned what this brush does versus what this brush does and what this palette knife does while using it on this type of surface. So now I have the tool belt painting time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that's the game. That's the game. It's like people need um, the, the disciplinary part is, is pivotal. Yeah. So you know what? You're right. I, I, I should have started it with that. The disciplinary side is everything. But then once you have that, because you vetted yourself, you put in the hours, you've worked hard, you have, the fundamental rudimentary skill set go forward create your own voice have some fun mm-hmm. you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. not only does it need to be not only do you need to make art but it needs to be good for people in order for it to resonate be with beautiful, people man <laughs> beauty will save the world brother arthur will save the world do you want to add any closing thoughts or any concluding ideas that you had i really enjoyed this conversation i'd like to have you back on again and Thank you, brother dive deeper into some maybe we can read the the sacred codes or something and do a, a deep dive on that because there's a lot of really interesting concepts in that book yeah yeah your man juan here gave me some homework very interesting <laughs> <laughs> do you have any any closing thoughts that you want to add and leave the listeners with no listen uh just uh, thank you to the listeners thank you juan you know um i'm a man on my mission here and if you would like to connect or support me you can go on my website uh, if you have empty walls, it is an utter waste. If you like some art, you can contact me also on my website. My, I guess, primary social media account would be Instagram, because it's an image board. Um, you can find me there as well, all Arthur Quan Lee. You can send it to my Substack as well if you like Arthur Quan Lee. And uh, yeah, you know, it's it's for me, it's just about 
getting the truth out there and, and inspiring other men to understand how to approach the culture wars and how can better support their own journeys as well. So Awesome. Yeah. And, and I really enjoyed this. And again, these are topics that I feel aren't being discussed enough because of people, how you're saying, I think they're, they're afraid of the blowback or the pushback. And mm-hmm. I, I think we should be able to speak whatever it is, whatever you're feeling. I mean, some people's feelings are going to be different than others. And I, maybe we won't agree with all of them, but at least you speak your truth. And that's what I'm here for. So hopefully the listeners enjoyed that and catch you guys on the other side. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.